The presenting sponsor for On Education is Classcraft. We're so excited to announce Classcraft's new story mode, which makes it easy for educators to harness the power of stories. But that's not all. Have you ever wanted to see yourself as a character in a story? Now teachers and students can create their custom game avatars and see them come to life on an augmented reality poster. To learn more about Classcraft's story mode and the new AR experience, simply visit classcraft.com. I guess a lot of people are talk about us preparing kids for jobs that don't exist, but haven't haven't we always done that? <laughs> are there, yeah, so there's there's always these jobs that are not going to exist. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. We are thrilled to have author and educator Amanda Fox on today with us. Welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. I have Maggie the dog here with me too, so she might put in her two cents occasionally. That's exciting. <laughs> exciting. We've had dogs occasionally. Uh, so before we get started, could you tell the audience a little bit about yourself, uh, your background in education, and kind of what brought you to where you are today? Sure. So uh, I've been in education for the last 10 years. I started teaching actually at the school that I went to. I taught nice. uh, ELA and uh, I moved into the STEM Academy in Savannah, Georgia, which was uh, a STEM school that focused on uh, learning through technology. And I worked there for, I think, three years. We, I helped build the school from the bottom up. And I, by building, I mean moving desks and painting walls and <laughs> all, of, all, all of that. Nice. Uh, I came to Kentucky in 2016. Um, and coming from the STEM school, I recognized like, a lack of uh, integration of STEM and STEAM here. So I started Steampunks EDU. And I went from one school to about 12 schools in two years and yeah so video game design augmented virtual reality all this stuff is kind of what I've taught and this past year I've also released two books teaching land which is has a fun zombie theme survival guide for new teachers but also there's some valid uh, stuff in there for experienced educators as well and then zombie a design thinker so Awesome. Awesome. And we're going to talk about both of those books because they're, they're both pretty great. Um, so when it comes to learning, uh, I think that there's a huge difference between a teacher who, um, you know, tells a student something, stand in front of the class, talk to them, explain something to them, and then ask them to remember it and then, you know, regurgitate it in a standardized test or whatever. And when a student learns something for themselves, like with their hands or by doing things by making and creating and that's what I think I like the most about your book the the zombie design thinker it's written for kids Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily it's not an adult's book it's it's written for kids to read and so we have a lot of books for educators on how to teach design thinking Um, there's tons of those Um, but this is a book for kids maybe speak a bit to the importance of coming at it from a kid's perspective Okay, so you're you're exactly right. There are tons of books on design thinking for educators, and by writing this kids book, I I wanted to basically break down this abstract concept that's hard for littles to get, 
And that's exactly why I wrote Zombie, a design thinker. It essentially takes a little zombie named Zip who's trying to change his narrative. He's this cute little zombie, and he wants to change his story from being perceived as an antagonist and and go to being the hero of the story. And he achieves this through teaching kids the modes of design thinking to solve world problems. So in the book, there's this empathy machine that's created, and I wrote the book in a way that scaffolds teachers, not just teachers, but students, to stop and and think about a problem and basically go through the modes, and once a mode is introduced, they're prompted to hand it over to Zip's empathy machine. And in turn, he becomes less and less green, and as they become design-thinking superheroes, he becomes human. So there's... There's some irony there that a little zombie has his humanity restored through teaching human-centered design, when, in fact, at the beginning of the story, he's not. So, But this lovable little character comes along, and it kind of teaches empathy, which is a really hard concept for littles to get. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you and I both talk a lot about the future of kids. I I notice it's a trend in the things that you write and talk about. And I do it all the time too. In in a lot of my talks, I talk about like space and space travel and how like our kids are going to be like, we're teaching the generation of students that might live on Mars. Like we're Mm -hmm. literally right in that wheelhouse right now. And I talk about in one of my other sessions I do, I, I talk about like we created all of these problems for kids like that are going to now have to deal with like there being no clean water and lack of oil and and all of this other stuff we did that to them and the environment and everything and they're going to be the ones solving all of these problems um that we've we and the generations before us have created and you talk to kids all the time i've seen you um tweet about doing video sessions with classrooms and stuff like that which is really really cool um and i'm curious how you frame their future to them especially in the context of how important it is for them to become the problem solvers we need them to become Mm -hmm. because you know this world isn't you know in the best shape that it's ever been right now so I guess a lot of people are talk about us preparing kids for jobs that don't exist, but sure, haven't, yeah. haven't we always done that? <laughs> are there, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's, there's always these jobs that are not going to exist. I don't think we need to be preparing them for any specific job. So in the past, I've talked to them about the 14 grand challenges that we face in the 21st century as outlined by the NAE or the National Academy of Engineers. And This includes uh, advancing personalized learning, cybersecurity, enhancing virtual reality, reverse engineering the human brain. These are just a couple of of examples of the 14. So at the STEM Academy in Savannah, where I taught film and digital media, uh, my colleagues and I, we came up with a school-wide curriculum, and each nine weeks it incorporated a grand challenge that we... uh, kind of wove in through storytelling into our curriculum through this grand um, story-centered, problem-based narrative around planet Nevermore, because we were the Ravens. And so we looked first semester at, you know, restoring and improving urban infrastructure. Um, Eighth grade was Georgia history, so starting a colony on Mars. And there was like this trinity or this uh, trilogy of a story that they went through from sixth to eighth grade. So... Um, in my class, we address these topics with documentaries and condensing what would have been a research or a white paper into a two or three minute video. But Great. the point 
is that whether or not you're solving these problems as someone who codes, has a chemistry background, you know, we didn't teach in silos. We taught problems mm-hmm. and we taught it. We, we connected it through all of the classes. Um, the point is it takes a diverse team of skilled individuals and their multiple perspectives and tools and processes like design thinking are important to teach because they transfer from school to the workforce. So no matter what they decide to do in life or what problems they're solving, design thinking and the essential skills that come with that, being able to communicate, collaborate, and think critically are what I focus on. Those are think, those, those. Awesome. I think the key is to not, like, we don't want to scare them, right? Like, I, I talk to kids about the future all the time, mm-hmm. too. And I mean, I have two, you have kids and I have kids and... Uh, we don't want to scare them. You don't want to terrify these kids. You don't want them to be like, oh, my God, what did you get me into? Literally. <laughs> um, but, you know, we do need like in a world where everything has been given to kids pretty easily now, in, in, including information and learning like is is easier than it's ever been in terms of actually finding out like rote knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we still need to prepare kids for a future that's uncertain and a future that has a lot of things that are going to need to be solved, right? Absolutely. Resilience, resilient kids who are able to um, apply what's easily found. Right, exactly. On Education is brought to you by Taylor Ed. As teachers meeting the needs of each and every student in today's classroom is time-consuming, complicated, and overwhelming. TaylorEd makes differentiation in math effortless through curated resources, smart student grouping, and student insights beyond proficiency. Sign up today using the promo code ONEDUCATION and receive three months on us. Visit taylor-ed.com for more information. ONEDUCATION is brought to you by Pick My Kid. Pick My Kid is an automated dismissal solution that cuts car line time in half. It engages parents with the parent app by being able to change dismissal routines right from their phone. Friends, that means no more front office calls. Pick My Kid is affordable for schools and removes dismissal stress for parents, teachers, and staff. For more information, visit PickMyKid.com. That's P-I-K-MyKid.com. So we've talked a lot about AR and VR, and you are a big proponent of both and you even have ar in your book which is very very cool um and i'd love to know what your story is when it comes to your connection ar vr what drew you to it because one thing that um i've noticed or realized is a lot of people's first experience with ar when they realize that this could be something amazing in the classroom is always a really good story mine mine was anyways um and and explain maybe a little bit about how you use it in your books as well so talk about talk about your first experience with ar what got you into it and then uh, how how you actually use it in your books because i think that that's a really cool story as well so my first experience with AR, or, or it was it was definitely AR, was with Erasmus. So yeah. in, in 2013, before I was teaching digital media, I was teaching history. So we did this Holocaust project where they had to create this. We did we did this big memorial wall or walk in the hallway, and my students picked a either a victim or survivor of the Holocaust, and in five images they had to basically set up the context that allowed the Holocaust to happen. And then four images that told the personal narrative within the larger context. And, uh, they had to prepare this, you know, one minute 
dialogue for each image and then Peter Pan it that's what I call it we're sewing the digital content onto his you know like the shadow and Tinkerbell so with with Erasmus and and so the students uh, created this memorial wall and the, then the parents would come in they'd grab a device and they'd scan all the student work and they'd get to learn about the stories of the victims and survivors and the last image would kind of let them know what happened to them what what was what was their story did they come come out of it and I thought it was very powerful because students had to uh, take on the persona of this person and tell this person's story and they weren't writing it out. They had to internalize it, memorize it, and make it into a video. So when, when you scanned it, the video would pop up. And maybe it wasn't them talking. Maybe they created a trailer or something in iMovie at the time. And for, for me, that was, it was just like, wow. Like, <laughs> I can unlock any digital content and, and attach any kind of digital content to physical you know, pieces of paper yeah. or, or, so for me, that was, it's, it's not like a, oh, wow moment, but it, it, it was the beginning. It was the introduction. And when I moved to Kentucky, I, I kept exploring it like a little further. I was trying to figure out how to get AR and VR integrated easily for teachers. Like how, how do we, you know, unlock this and, and disseminate it everywhere. And, uh, CoSpaces did that for me. So I know I was, I was looking at a program like called wonder and uh it was I, I didn't really understand how we were going to use that and then I was like man it would be great if you know we could do this this and then co-spaces popped up I was like oh my god that's exactly, exactly what I was what looking wanted. for <laughs> that's what I wanted <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I and then from there um you know just the oculus go and the virtual reality podcast like uh metaverse just has kind of been my one of my f- focuses has yeah. been AR and VR in education. Um, I've I've keynoted on it like all over the world. I've, so it's it's something I'm passionate about, and like you said, I've integrated it into my books. So um, one thing I wanted to do with the integration into the book is have the way I was using it uh, leveraging like good pedagogy. Not just like in a fad way, like a, a lot of times it's like, oh, okay, cool, you can scan this and ooh, this pops up. But I wanted what popped up to add to the book, to enhance right. it, uh, versus it's just being, oh, this is a cool thing that, you know, that pops up. So there's four ways that I did that. Um, the first is I used Thing, T-H-Y-N-G, and uh, that app is kind of like Erasmus in the sense that you can... Um, you can layer content on top of things. So I use the thing out app to be the coach. It's the, it's the book's coach for teaching land. So I, my avatar, Savannah, which because most of my teaching career was in Savannah, uh, this, the, the nickname we go by, we go by the aliases like Zombieland, which Zombieland 2 is about to drop in October. So I'm super, ex- oh, it's, I'm, I'm super excited. But uh, my avatar pops up at the beginning of each chapter and just kind of tells you, summarizes what the learning objectives are, like what you're going to be reading and what to look out for and and to go ahead and start thinking about different concepts or things. Sure. Um, Then at the end of the chapter, I use Metaverse. There's a QR code and it is kind of a formative assessment or it makes the reader apply what they've just read. So 
Then there is Artivive, which is the hook. It makes all the chapter beginning, the beginning of each chapter graphic come to life. So oh, nice. we, yeah. So with with the character animation, I used Adobe a character character animator, and um, that was a lot of fun, like learning how to do that and rig characters and make them come to life. And then, uh, yeah. So those those are the the main ways I've I've used it. Um, Erasmus is or HP Reveal. The yeah, um, yeah it's, it's in there. I use that to collect multiple perspectives from different educators around the world and put their, they've made like one or two minute videos and those are kind of scattered throughout the book as well awesome. to just, you know, have other people talking about the content. We, we have, it's funny, we have people who listen to the show and then um, uh, document it or take notes for, for professional development for like uh, grad credit and stuff like that. So like Amanda just dropped like six or seven different AR tools there. So hopefully <laughs> everyone was paying Hopefully everyone was paying attention to that little lesson in VR tools or AR tools because that was uh, that was a lot of cool stuff there. I'm gonna take a look at those uh, as well. We'll we'll put uh, some of them in the show notes too. That might be helpful. Um, so so finally, you know, we're we're about to host a, a roundtable discussion in in a few weeks on the podcast featuring a few teachers who are about to go into their second year in the classroom and um glenn and i talk a lot on the podcast about um about first year teaching about how kind of just hard it is um my first year was brutal it was the worst um and uh it, it was not easy at all um i know you have some thoughts on the first year experience it's all uh, this te- your teaching land book is has has some stuff related to this so let's start with this what do you think the biggest difference is between a teacher getting started, you know, let's say someone's getting started in the just in the next few weeks. Um, school in the U.S. is starting to roll back in in the next little while. Uh, in Canada, we start um, September fourth. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of teachers that are going to be walking into the classroom for the first time, or at least the first time as a their full time like. That, that this is their everyday class kind of thing. Um, what do you think the biggest difference is between a teacher getting started here now and someone's first day of teaching, let's say 10 years ago? Um, and how do you think that first year has changed? Do you think it's harder now or do you think it's easier? Um, I, don't, I don't think it's gotten any easier. No. <laughs> um, Walking in, you know, whether 10 years ago, it was actually when I walked into my first classroom. So, um, yeah, so 10 years ago uh, versus now, I th- I think the accountability and the stakes have changed. I, th- I think we're, we're responsible for a lot more stuff. And, I mean, just the technology that, that ro- that's rolled out that we're responsible for learning and integrating. Um, but in that 10 years, I think... I think when I, when I first started teaching, I had the teachers in my building. That was pretty much it. Um, if you were t- teaching music or film or related arts, you were kind of an island. Um, mm-hmm. I was teaching ELA, so I had my, you know, my, team. yeah, my team. So, uh, which it's easy to talk policies, classroom management and universal concepts, but you don't have a content person if you're like that one person. Or with me, I was partnered with, um, actually the person who taught 
me when I was in <laughs> when I was in school. She was my teacher. Yeah, wow. so um, our teaching styles were different. So yeah. I couldn't go to her for with for technology because she she didn't want to use it. Which, yeah. but she was really strong in classroom management and co- the content. So in in that aspect, we made a really good team um, because I I was coming fresh out of college with the with the tech concepts, but. One of the big differences then versus now is Twitter. Um, I think Twitter is huge. So it wasn't my first year of teaching, but my first year of teaching film, um, Twitter was around versus my first year of teaching. And, and like I wasn't really on on the Twitter. So uh, I reached out to Don Wetrick, Don Goebel, and Michael Hernandez when I was starting my film classroom because there I looked on, online and I was like, these are the, the trinity of film teachers. And, sure you know, they, they were three individuals who were kings of content in that area. Yep. And they've been doing it, speaking on it, and they were what I aspired to be. So in the context of easier or harder, uh, there are always those first-year things you have to figure out. But get on Twitter, put yourself out there, find your teaching god or goddess that you that you want to be like, or that that you want to learn from. Your, find your mentor, find your PLN. It doesn't sure, have to yeah. be one person, and it, it's easier. I would say in that aspect, it's easier because we get to crowdsource from the best in the world. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing opportunity now on Twitter just to to find your find your tribe, so to speak, and and find the people that resonate. That, that resonate with you that that you, you think um, you could learn from and, and to, to follow them and pay attention to what what you're doing I think Twitter has made a big difference I um, also um, when I was writing this question I was thinking about it for me as well and just some conversations that have come up and just thinking about something like SEL like like 10 years ago did did you did we even like know what social emotional learning was or like it wasn't something you talked about a lot but now like teachers are almost responsible for kids' emotional states. Maybe we always were, but now it's obvious. Like like social emotional learning is a big part of an educator's job in the classroom. And and um, you know, so now not only do you have to be an expert at, you know, language if that's what you teach or whatever your content area is Mm -hmm. but you have to also be an expert at classroom management and managing a classroom you have to be very good with technology if not an expert and now you also have to have a pretty strong knowledge of how to handle students emotions and how they you know walk and live and work in the world and and how they deal with all of that um uh you know so teaching land too can't come at a a better time i guess because uh there's a lot there's definitely a lot going on and um and we need all the help we can get i think um as as educators first year or not um managing all of the things that are put on teachers right absolutely and that that's the premise of the book actually we talk about the accountability and the state of over testing and everything that we're responsible for and just some educational policies that we outline as the uh, kind of like ground zero. Like this is, this was where this ep- epidemic started and, and the, the virus is just the state of education. Um, and, and we talk about how there's these teachers who, despite all the red tape, despite the standards and everything that we're supposed to do, the technology, like everything we're supposed to be good at, they, mm-hmm. they're still doing this great job of, of teaching and we have some of their stories in the book. So uh, the best thing 
I think that we can do is, is look at those who are doing it well and mm-hmm. ask them how the heck they do that every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly not. don't stop learning, right? Don't stop. Yeah. Just because you're a teacher now doesn't mean you should stop learning from other people. And, and like we've said, find your tribe and find those people and reach out to them and, and learn from each other because I think that that's, that's what will help get you through, that's for sure. Um, so, Amanda, tell the folks out there, you know, you've already dropped a bit of a hint on the book, so tell them what's going on in your life. How can people meet you or connect with you with you um, out there? So I am at Amanda Fox Stem on Twitter. Um, I'm Amanda Fox Populi on um, Instagram. Uh, we've got a Teaching Land Facebook page. The website is teachinglandthebook.com. You can find out all the information about the book. We have a bunch of free resources. Um, I'm always posting all the resources from the book. I just posted a big feed on how to reach students in terms of out beyond the classroom or just, you know, figuring out who they are and building those relationships the first days of school. So awesome. All right. And we're going to put a bunch of resources, a bunch of ways for you to connect with Amanda in the show notes. Amanda Fox, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to On Education. My name is Glenn Irvin. My co-host is Mike Washburn. On Education is part of the Education Podcast Network. You can listen to this show and many others by great educators like Jennifer Gonzalez, Matt Miller, and many more by visiting edupodcastnetwork.com. Want to get in touch with us? Check out our website at oneducationpodcast.com. You can tweet us at oneducationpod. Mike is at Mr. Washburn on Twitter, and I can be found at Irv Spanish. You can find us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash oneducationpod. We're also on Instagram at oneducationpod. If you're enjoying the show and think others would too, we would be thrilled if you shared it with them. Please leave us a rating or review in Apple Podcasts or the Google Play Store. When you leave a rating, it gives our rankings a boost. This helps others discover the show. We want to thank our presenting sponsor, Classcraft, for supporting us. Check out classcraft.com slash oneducation to learn more about them. Thanks as always for listening. Stay awesome and see you soon.